<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the DC Sports Rundown. The Midnight Rider already got the Andre popping. Uh, but before we get into what this show is about, let me say this. Today is a special day for many reasons. And we'll do the introductions in a second, but this has to go at the top. Today, a little girl that was born two pounds could fit in the palm of my hand when she was born. Now, that's a big hand. She could fit in the palm of my hand when she was born. Survival rate was what? Maybe 10, 12%. She was named after Queens. She was born to rule the earth. Today, she's 11 years old. Happy birthday. Oh, my- happy birthday. Yeah, what's, you know what? You get a, oh, hold on. <laughs> you get a swig too. Yeah. There you okay. go. Okay. Thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you. I got something for you. I'll send it to you. Okay. You know it's cool. Five below, right? Thank you. Thank you. Five below. All right. Now she got to go do her drawing thing, but that's her her, her debut. Uh. Now. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy, KG, sitting in with the probably the biggest Mariah Carey fan other than myself, uh, the Midnight Rider. And we are, we rolling up a little bit of that Snyder pack tonight. We're going to be smoking and drinking all night because it's a celebration, bitches. Yes, indeed. Yes, oh, indeed, man. I, I've had a permanent smile since... For what did the announcement come out? Five o'clock? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I couldn't wait no longer, so I went to sleep. Oh, I was ready. And I was dancing at my desk. <laughs> and the, the 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 title of this segment, it's a new day. Yes, it is. <laughs> Daniel Snyder. Daniel Woo. M. Snyder is no Woo. longer the owner of the Washington Commanders. Woo. I never thought I'd be this happy. Woo. I Dude. never thought I'd be this happy. Oh man, beautiful day, beautiful, beautiful everything. Um, I don't even know. I got words, but they didn't mean I come out in complete sentences and um, coherent. But man, this is this is a great day. Didn't know I would see it. Um, when this all started, I said from the beginning until I see the the transaction, I ain't I ain't gonna be happy. So we did. Go ahead, man. What uh, what what Daniel Snyder can do, he can take his six billion dollars and go do whatever it is that he chooses to do. I, I, I at this present point, I don't care. I don't. Um, I'm at the point in my life where, and Ross and Midnight Rider, you uh, you guys can attest to this. In our lifetimes, we've seen what? Three owners, well, four owners technically. Four. Edward, Edward Bennett Williams. He ran the day-to-day operations, of course. But um, he was an owner. Jack King Cook as came in as the majority owner. Well, he was the majority owner, but he ran everything from the West Coast. Jack King Cook, John King Cook, and Daniel Snyder. 
those are the four that we can say we've seen in our lifetime out of the official five owners that we had. Uh, Josh Harris, Magic Johnson, and, and company being the new owners. It's like a breath of fresh air. Like that right there. We can finally breathe now. We can finally breathe. And here's, here's a question. Now, I'm reading this tweet. This is former Redskins head coach Jay Gruden claims owner Daniel Snyder made crucial selections on which players the team would draft and sign a free agent without watching any tape. He wasn't experienced enough in the business to make those decisions, Gruden told Kevin Sheen. He didn't put in the work. For him to pick a player in the draft is asinine. He didn't put in the work. He didn't put any work in. You oh, knew this for the longest. Well, no, it even gets better. Because the story is that he would go to his confidants and they would give him draft advice. So, like, his buddy that he drinks um, scotch with, and he'll be like, oh, so that's how they ended up with Malcolm Kelly. He was an Oklahoma fan, and I guess he went to his buddy, asked him about him. So they drafted Malcolm Kelly instead of drafting – well, Vinny says – he was going to um, get Jamal um, – uh, what's the running back that's in Kansas City? Jamar Charles. That's yeah. who he wanted to draft, but he didn't draft him because Snyder overruled him. That's easy to say. Now, I don't know. And I still that, remember, that, Go ahead. That's another thing. Why? We we knew this. This is something – I mean, this is, not, this is not a new revelation. We knew this. Right. Because uh, I, can't, I keep forgetting the guy's name. But he stood on the table to draft a certain player, and Daniel Snyder overruled, and he walked out of the war room. He wound up leaving the organization a couple months later. This had happened repeatedly numerous times. We knew this, so this is nothing new. And me personally, I'm like, don't – I mean, we've been kicking him since he was going out. We knew he was going out the door, but we was kicking him when he was here, so it ain't nothing different. Right. This isn't this isn't something that we just started doing or something right. that just came up. It, it, now, if we counted it all off, put it no. Let me start. Let me start over. Put it into perspective. When Daniel Snyder took over this team in '99, we were on our way to an NFC East championship. Correct. Uh, playoff run. Correct. And then from there, it's like we couldn't build on it. And we had one of the best offenses in 98 and 99. Well, it's, it, came, it came where he decided, well, I mean, I can't lie and say I didn't like the pickups at first because I liked Dion. Dion's my guy. Um, did it make sense? No, but let's just see what happens as a fan. Um, I'm not going to see and be like, oh, um, I didn't like it because I did. I thought it was something different. I didn't know it was going to work or not. I thought hopefully that um, he had enough people around him to, to be smart enough to make decisions that made sense. And um, lo and behold, you know, in hindsight, we see that it was terrible because it messed up the. Um, the chemistry that this team had or that team had, and then that team just never recovered. And then he made decision 
after decision after decision um, going the wrong way. And I think, and I'm going to say it this way, I think sometimes he listens to sports talk radio a little too much. Um, he was too much of a fan at times. And it comes down to like the ice cream in Mike Nolan's office. Um, comes down to him and Marty not seeing eye to eye. And then the whole thing was that Marty season, you know, everybody wants to act like Marty's um, tenure was um, was good or great. But I listen to Sports Talk Radio on the way home after every game. Um, and I remember the fans calling, talking about how bad the offense was um, and all those things. And they wanted um, – uh, what was his guy's name? Um, Jimmy Ray? Is that his name? I think it's that. I think that's it. He was the offensive coordinator. They wanted him gone. Um, but lo and behold, stories have come out that they were ready to get rid of Marty after like the third week of the preseason. Um, I know when they fired North, he won his best friend, Pepper Rogers, to be the coach who had never coached anywhere. It's like that's that was the beginning of even though we were still hopeful that this team would become a winner and like bigger minds or greater things would overcome his meddling, but it never happened. It never came to fruition. We, it's, it's like we made a in 2012, we made a deal with the devil. Mute button, buddy. You talk about that 2001 Marty year, right? Right. And I was one of those ones early on was like, I can't stand this offense. I had a uh, a gentleman I work with, really, really close with, big Redskins fan. His name was Anthony. We used to ride home. He used to pick me up from work for work every day and take me home. And every Monday, I get in the car, I'm mad. I'm fuming. He was like, you got to understand. And he was a football player. He, he reminded you of a – he was a black Dave Zott. Small squat, but could, was powerful as on the weather center. He was a center and could block. You know, we, we, we went at it a couple times, and he, he showed me a thing, too. He's like, you trying to bull rush, trying to use your size against me. But anyway, that's another story. Let's there not go that far. Stay away from the wormhole today. Um, He said something to me. He said, you got to realize, Marty got to ease up on these guys a little bit. These are grown men. You know, the curfews during training camp and, you know, putting alarms on the doors so nobody can sneak out. He's like, you got to ease up on that. He said that in the preseason. He's like, got to ease up on that. And then when they ease up on that, and start just trusting the system. He said it'd be totally different. He said, "What you got to do is you got to get Tony Banks out of there, because uh, right, Tony Banks was the starter. Kent Graham was the backup. We it's had John Freeze. <clears throat> Tony Banks okay. was the starter. It was Tony Banks, Kent Graham, and a legendary Sage Rosenfels. Okay, Sage is my man on man. I ain't gonna lie. I used to kill people with Sage. I would take my start out and let Sage run." Come on back, come on back. But that was the key. And if you remember, Tony Banks went down in Denver. Sage Rosenfels came in, and what happened? We started rolling. Right. We st we stopped being a real passing team like that, and they started going to. Uh, we had Kajana Carter, Stephen Davis, Brian Johnson at, at fullback, and you had Michael Bates at kick return, but. They start going more with Stephen Davis with that power running. And when they started going with that power running, what happened? We reeled off five straight wins. We started 0-5 and then reeled off five straight wins. We went 5-3. and three. There's still no – Sorry, 8-3. and three. 
there's still no greater play in that stretch than the LeVar Aronson interception. That's the greatest, that's the biggest play of that stretch, that season. That was the play of the season. Mm. I got Rose. He said, I didn't like the way Marty did Daryl Green. That always stuck with me. You got always, I agree with that, but I think also we also always got to remember when a new coach comes in, he's always going to want to put his footprint on this thing. And, and Marty seemed like a guy that once you earned his trust, then he would start lacking off on those things. But in the beginning, he had to be that person um, almost to try to see what, you, what your limits are. And then after that, once he gained, once he, you gained his trust in his building, then everything else went different. I mean, I think the story there where LT got hit in practice by Sean Merriman is like one of the biggest examples of that. Like Merriman was a rookie. He hit LT. LT went to the ground. And like all the vets came up was like, you can't do that again, son. You know what I'm saying? Like even the coaches. And they like, we, we get paid off of this. That's our moneymaker. So when I see Marty, I think of a guy that's a is a gleam. It's <laughs> a gleam, man. It's a gleam, man. That's what I'm saying. When I saw the sale go through, I don't know if you saw it on Facebook. I'm gonna tag you in it. But there's a gleam. And I'll say this about that Marty year. And I think that that's one of the blunders that will be attached to Daniel Snyder because he said, Oh, I wanted Marty to separate the general manager and the player personnel from the coach. I wanted him just to be the coach, but he didn't like Vinny Serrato. You wanted to bring in somebody he did not like. Vinny Serrato is a fucking snake. I never liked Vinny Serrato. Yeah, he brought in Snyder, the dude that's the architect for, um, what should we call it? The Seahawks. Ne- never liked Vinny. And he said, the year that Marty was there, Marty said, you're fired. Right. Get the fuck out of my building. Because Marty wanted his stuff his way. I stood up and I applauded. But now, you wanted to separate that from Marty. But you were willing to give creative control to Jim Zone, who had no experience. Marty has put together winners. He had winners in Kansas City. He had winners in Cleveland. When he left here, he had winners in, in, in San Diego. Everywhere Marty has went, except for here, he's had winners. Well, he was eight and eight years. So I mean it's, it's yeah, I mean year I, one. Think about that. Year one, he didn't have a quarterback. You don't know who his quarterback was going to be year two. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is this this is the signs. Um like there were signs along the way. If if this was if we dated Dan Snyder for 25 years, this was one of our red flags. Yes. And it was so many red flags in 25 years. Right. Uh, you know, you think you at the circus. But I think that's a blunder. Then hire, hiring Steve Spurrier. And you Five and 11. Yeah. Not good. Better than some, though. Five and 11. And you think about it. You covered in Gibbs. I, I'll admit this. As much joy as it brought me to see Joe Jackson Gibbs back on the sideline in 2004, the game had passed him by. I'm glad you said that. The game had passed. He had to go out and piece together a team. He still won. He still won. He went to the playoffs two out of three years. Still won. But the game had passed him by. You wasn't running gut seal 20 times a game 
You wasn't running 50 gut to close out a game. You're not going to run counter counter trade 25 times a game. You're not. We didn't have the quarterback to run sprint bomb. So you you can't do these things. And you 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 think he put the old band back together? That's what made it. That's what made everybody happy. He put the old band back together. Don Bro, uh, Joe Bugle, Joe Bugle, and uh, Ray Simmons. That, that, um, that's another thing. Having Bugs here, man, I wish he would. I cried when he retired. I cry a lot. I noticed. I cry a lot. I'm a very emotional guy. Yeah, I was hurt when Bugs retired because I wanted him here. Who else? Who am I missing? Defensive guys. What's Larry's name? Pacatello. There we go. There we go. I'm, I don't know why I was trying to give him a different last name. Larry, the only person he didn't bring back was was uh, Pettibone. Right. Now, if he'd have brought Pettibone back with the he nickel, couldn't. the dime, and the penny defense, man. He couldn't. He, got, he brought his own thing, Greg Williams. Mm-hmm. Two Gs. Second G is for genius. And look at look at how well he did. The, and, and these are things that Snyder, Snyder messed up. Uh, Ross is uh, two of a kind, Vinny and Dane. Yep. Two snakes. To this day, I don't like Vinny, uh, Vinny Serrato. Well, the crazy thing is we still haven't gotten to what's called it. Yes, he did in the Buffalo game um, right after Sean Taylor passed away. Yeah. Uh, last minute, he tried to take two timeouts back to back. And that's really the only reason I think they lost that Buffalo game. Yeah. But then after that, what did they win? Six straight? I don't remember what they won, but they were that hurt their playoff chances. But they still made the playoff that year. I, I didn't, oh, that's right, because of the Todd Collins special. Yeah. Now I remember that year because that's the – never mind. We're not getting into that. Staying away from the wormhole. But if you ever want to know a dumb story of fantasy football, bring that season up and bring up the Minnesota game, and I got you. That uh, I'm looking up that, that 2007 season. I think that season ends with Liddell Betts at running back and not hitting force. Yeah. And I always – I have to ask you that maybe uh university how do you pick a running back from Iowa? I, I'll have to ask you that some other time. Nah, go ahead and ask now. We good. Why didn't they keep Liddell Betts? I had to go into my mind in my two thousand what's that, two thousand seven? Yeah. All right, hold on, I gotta get into that mindset because this is this this new mindset is the mic. Shanahan running back mindset. Back then, I think, hold up, you know what? I'm turning the head around for this question. Um, I think Liddell Betts missed a lot of things because if I'm not mistaken, the Monday night game against the Baltimore Ravens, he misses a blitz pickup on Ed Reed. Ed Reed strips the quarterback, picks the ball up, and takes that in for a touchdown. Um, also, I just thought Betts wasn't wasn't dynamic. Like he wasn't anything to keep, to build, to build going forward. I think to go back to my Shanahan philosophy, I think he, you could get him again and find somebody to replace him and it wouldn't be a problem. So I think that's kind of why he didn't stay. Cause I don't, I don't remember him going anywhere and, and sticking with anybody. He might've had a game or two somewhere and that was it. I don't yeah, remember. Went to, went to New Orleans for a cup of coffee. Right. And then I think his career was done after that. Yeah. Like, there are times when we let go of people and it's actually the right move. 
uh, it was a couple of running backs that have been through here that were really, really good in my opinion. You know, for the system, but they right. didn't pan out everywhere, anywhere else. And uh, him, Ryan Terrain, uh, what the hell is the dude name? He used to play in Atlanta. Oh my god, ball head cat. He was here for like a half a season. You talking about TJ Duckett? Yeah. That's the worst trade this team has ever made. Because <sighs> they gave up like a second and a third for TJ Duckett and then didn't use him. Yeah, didn't use him. And that was a problem. Uh, Leroy says the biggest mistake was not hiring Greg Williams to, to succeed Gibbs, who groomed Williams to be a Redskins coach. Keyword Redskins. I agree. I hmm. agree. Hmm. That, that, that is probably the biggest telling mistake of his tenure because you missed out on. Oh, 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 that's not the biggest telling mistake of his tenure. That's just one of the big mistakes of his tenure. Okay. I, okay. Cause, cause now I'll take the Leroy. Cause Leroy put, see, I, I like my friends. They sometimes put stuff <laughs> on the pedestal cause they know where I'm going to go. They, they know it's, they poking the bear. So he left the thing riskets on, at, on his thing. And I know he's one of the fans that wants us to go back to the name. No, that for a fact. I've had many arguments with him. Uh, he wanted to go just skins as a name. I understand where you're coming from, but you gotta let it go. And my opinion, and this is this is the biggest mistake to me, is that Dan Snyder failed to prepare to have to change the name. That failure to prepare put us in this situation where you have the name Commanders. If he had prepared in advance like he was supposed to. There's this guy in like somewhere in Virginia that squatted on several names that were potential good names for this team, for this franchise. But he wanted Dan- because Daniel Snyder was the way he was. He wanted Daniel Snyder to come begging to him and pay him for them names. So one of my biggest questions in the aftermath now that Josh Harris, I would queue up Hero, but I'm not gonna do that. Um, but in the aftermath of this, my question, one of my biggest questions is. With a guy that's squatting on all these extra names, will he relinquish them or sell them at a reasonable price to the new owner so in five years you can change the name? Good question. Uh, I personally don't think we need to go through another rebranding. I don't either, but I'm just saying that's the option. Uh, let me get to this real quick. Uh, Raw says Gibbs thought Duckett was going to be in the next goal linebacker. He should have. He should have. The dude could sneeze and get over the goal line. He should have. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a big TJ Duckett fan. I'm sorry. I I enjoyed him for what he was, but I remember. Larry I remember Johnson. Michigan State, and maybe that's the problem because of this on my head. But um, yeah, I, remember, I, I wasn't a big TJ Duckett guy. I remember having Larry Johnson here. I remember having. Uh, oh God, Trevor that was well, you I, know that was that that was that play year. Yeah. That was the year when Alexander. That stretch. So I can't remember which year, and you'll have this better um, memorized than I will. Um, the year that Shanahan, I think it was he, they got here, or the next year was the year of the strike, and that season was the season where they basically killed free agency because they made free agency basically. Um, if you signed a player, you had to whatever you signed them for, you had to like match that pick or whatever. So nobody moved. So first and foremost, that was collusion by the league not to let the players move freely in that season. They also had the rule which a certain GM 
took advantage of was it was a year where you could dump salary. You weren't supposed to dump salary, but this team decided to dump salary um, and make cuts and push money into this season because it was kind of like it wasn't an uncapped year, but it was a wink, wink, nod, nod um, situation. It was a uncapped year because that's when that year is what got Albert Hainsworth the $100 million contract. Got him out of it, I thought. Huh? I thought that year you got him out of the, um No, that year, that uncapped year got him that hundred million dollar contract. Mm-hmm. Because that's when the Mara family, who right. is the Maras and somebody else start screaming collusion. And well, it was collusion. I mean, how you scream collusion when you did the colluding? Exactly. And then they called right on the eve of free agency, they called Dallas, they called Washington, said, Okay, here's your penalty. And all the money that Washington had saved up. And they they were supposed to walk in the free agency with what forty five fifty million dollars, and they wound up walking in with fifteen. Yeah, it was something crazy, and that's how you end up with Royal Williams, Joey Galloway, right? All those guys. That's a problem. And see, that's a, that right there. And then don't get me wrong. As much as I hate Dallas, I wouldn't want to see Dallas penalized like that. And even Jerry Jones, like this is bullshit. Right. Yeah. Okay, it's a gentleman's okay. agreement, but I'm not in agreement with you, gentlemen. Well, that's because at that point. That also plays into the power structure that was going on because Jerry had started building momentum and he was pushing up on the Roonies, the Maras, and all those. So after that season, I think two more years go by. And that's my, part of the reason why Jerry and Dan were thick as thieves. And once you start heard, heard Jerry kind of like not acknowledge Dan or not have Dan around, that's when things changed. That's when this, to me, that's when that sale became real. When when that picture showed up of Dan on the sidelines with Jerry, and like Jerry just had this look like I don't want to be too close to you. Um, and it looked like I don't know if I don't know if um, Dan was rocking his Tims that day or not. But yeah, that that was the day, man. That was the moment. I, I'll say this. I never seen, and maybe it's because I'm a fan. I never seen a team get penalized so much for like the dumbest shit, and everybody else it gets swept under the rug. Oh, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, we'll get you next time. Don't worry about it. And that seems like what happens. Uh, okay, that seems like what happens with Washington. They 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 get penalized. That the whole Albert Hainsworth thing, being penalized that you knew you were going to penalize, him, but you called. 20 minutes before the opening of free agency to tell me you were penalizing me and finding me all the money that I have saved up. Like, come on, man. This is, I I can't for the life of me understand how is that okay? You know, and that really, I think that set us back two years. Nah. I'm going to tell you what set us back. Um, You got to pull the draft up. But I think that draft class all right, so we, we we boys, so I'm always be honest with y'all. I'm a, I was a Jake Locker guy, but Jake Locker gets taken by the Titans, I think. Blaine Gabbard gets taken by the Jaguars, and I think Christian Ponder's in that draft as well. Quarterback, <clears throat> what was that? Twenty? That was 2011. Something, yeah, something like that. That draft was the draft where Mike had said he would stake his reputation on back in Grossman. 
But what, in reality, what he was saying was none of these. He didn't couldn't say that these guys are all trash, and I don't want none of these guys. So he had to say it some way to stick with his guys, and and, and that was the situation. And honestly, I think if they had let Grossman come back after that Philly game, where Beck brought him back, I think you'd have seen the whole. I think that team could have still made the playoff run. But we bring him back. You waste two games with him. And then you were done at that point because it put you too far behind. I've never seen somebody throw 14 passes behind a line of scrimmage like that. Roy Halloos should be his best friend. Like Roy Halloos should send him a, a Christmas card every year. Christmas I'm, and happy birthday. I'm going through that. Uh, That's the 2011 draft. That's Cam Newton, number one, number one overall. Right. And then after that? Uh. Von Miller, Marcel Darius, A.J. Green, Patrick Peterson, Julio Jones, Alden Smith, Jake Locker at 8, uh, Blaine Gabbard at 10, Christian Ponder at 12. 12. Uh, you don't have another quarterback picked in this round until Andy Dalton in the second round by Cincinnati. Kaepernick right behind him. Uh, but Kaepernick was a second-round pick. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Because he had a cannon coming out of Nevada. Yeah, if you ever saw the tapes, arm was just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I've watched his NFL tapes. Ninety-five miles per hour, baby. I, I'm just, I'm going. I'm already in the fourth round. We haven't had another quarterback. Mm. I, I swear, this is a quarterback-heavy draft. But I remember they were talking about Blaine Gabbert and Christian. Nah, I didn't want none of those guys, man. I, I wanted no parts. I was cool. I only want. I, I, I wanted Jake, but that was all personal because he was, he was, he was a kid out of Washington. And like low key, I'm a Huskies fan. Like when I'm not rooting for Notre Dame, at times, I'll, oh Jesus! I was a Brady Quinn fan too, Rose. I said no, Brady Jesus. Quinn was going to change the game because he's got it, and then he played that bowl game, and I was like, he's finished, he's done. Well, no, is that the bowl game against LSU when um, Jamarcus Russell played out his mind? I don't even remember who we played, but we I know we got the that was Alabama. It was one of the two. Uh, but I, I get what you said. But but I, I had hopes for, I had I had hopes for Brady, but I thought it was I thought he had to go to the right place. And I knew Cleveland wasn't the right place. Let me tell you something. Tell me something. If Talk. you <laughs> if, if if we oh, told how how Rev TC march with me. <laughs> Love somebody. If we had to talk about players and player evaluation, mm. I'm always bring this up because this is the one time in 20 some odd years I got the Professor Lucky and I was right. Because I used to always talk about players and he was like, Yeah, he's going to be a bum. And I was talking about Deshaun Watson. And I was like, Deshaun Watson is probably your only NFL-ready quarterback in this draft. He's like, nah, Deshaun Kaiser is a better quarterback. I was like, nah, Kaiser's not ready. I said, I watched him at Notre Dame. He's not ready. I said, if you want to talk about a Notre Dame quarterback that's ready, Everett Golson was more NFL-ready than Deshaun Kaiser. Never in a million years. But Deshaun Kaiser didn't have it. He didn't have the it factor. You no, know, the Kaiser's problem was Kaiser was at his max, and his coach was Brian Kelly. And Brian Kelly couldn't coach anything else out of him. Whoever his quarterback coach couldn't help that kid get any better than what he was. That's also the same year that the genius Brian Kelly decided to start the season in Virginia 
starting Malik Zaire when Malik Zaire didn't look anything like Deshaun Kaiser did when he finished the season last, that season before. But that's another day, another time, and another conversation. So when it came down to Deshaun Watson, I, I knew Watson was going to be that guy, and I, I was right. That's a I guy in that draft that I kind of liked a little bit more than Watson. I didn't like anybody better than Watson because I was like, look at what he can do. Because Watson was taking what pick again? Uh, what was it, fourth? Was it fourth? Because isn't there a guy from Texas Tech that's taken in that draft class? My homeboy? Yes, sir. Sean. And we're getting off the commanders, but I'm going to finish this part up. Because I watch Texas Tech. I watch a lot of college football. So oh, you sorry. and me. Well, so, so then, then Mahomes went before him. Mahomes was 10. Yeah. So so I saw Mahomes at Texas Tech roll to his left and throw a pass from, like, the 40-yard line to the other 30-yard line, and he's right-handed. The second I saw that, I said, that dude got it. I don't care how you fix it up. If he gets the right coach, and when Andy Reid took him, I was like, he a made guy. He good. He's I ain't going to lie to you. When they drink hours, hours a friend of mine. I forget how that goes, but go ahead. You know, you know when they draft, you know what I said? I sound like the broadcast boys. They was like with the with the 10th pick, the Kansas City Chiefs pick Patrick Mahomes. Who oh, that was my guy. And actually, he had at that time, this is the crazy stat or the crazy thing. That year, he was the he had the second strongest arm on his team. That's the crazy part about that. There was a kid on their team, number 16. I can't think of his name right now. It's like PJ. It was like SK. That's the rest of his name. He came in and played two series. When I was watching them, I felt bad for the receivers. Like, I know they left the game. You know how you get that little thing from the football? Because you catch the ball with your body? Yeah, he had. He marked them a couple times. Yeah, Cleveland's never the right place. No, Cleveland, Cleveland well, let me, So hold on, I think Cleveland let down Baker. I agree with that because, but I think Baker um, let down Baker too. His no, 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 no. I'm um, a I'm a Baker guy hear me, now. Hear me out. David and Joku look like Tarzan, plays like Jane. Couldn't catch a cold in Antarctica. Um, our kids around? They fine. <laughs> couldn't catch VD in a dirty whorehouse. <laughs> that's their problem. It was him dropping passes, Odell dropped passes. Like that season, I watched them play, and I felt bad for Baker because any you know how quarterbacks so are, they need a rhythm. And I yeah. think I'm dropping the ball and got him out of his rhythm. So let's get back. So since we're talking about Cleveland, we're talking about a bad owner. And let's go back to our old bad owner. So we're at what, 2011 in this in this this time march that we're doing? Yeah. And 2011, 2011 wasn't a great season. You know, what do we finish? Six and six and ten? So, so this is and this is the scary part. Is where we are now, we've probably done so we're at 2011. So that's 11, 12 years into his um, ownership. I, I think some people don't count 99 as a as true a, game, right? Yeah, they don't count 99. 
I count 99. So I think he took over 99. So so let's think about this. And once we get to past 2012, I got another stat for you. So um 99. Remember, this is a team that only had six playoff seasons in 25 years. Never won 11 games. Teams fall into 11 games, but never won 11 games. Um, his tenure at this point, this is this is probably the end of volume three of the Daniel Snyder. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with an old school name. I'm gonna call it Daniel Snyder, the Menace to Society, or Daniel Snyder, the Menace to Redskins history. I'm a, that's that's what I'm gonna call my version of this. Um, Cause it's not a, it's it's like last dance. I gotta, we gotta play this out. So let's go ahead to what is it, twenty twelve? If that's what we're doing, I don't know how we're doing this. I'm so happy you're gone. I don't care how we do this. Well, let, let, let me let me say this. I'm gonna jump back real quick. Go ahead. Looking at ninety nine coming off a. Of, oh, we went all the way back. Yeah, looking at ninety nine coming off an NFC East championship win. This is like a multiverse type of thing. Yeah, it is. We should have beaten Tampa Bay in 99. If we would have beat Tampa Bay in 99 and the Rams struggled the same way they did against Tampa Bay in 99, we would have blew the Rams out and went to the Super Bowl. Right. Nobody nobody, in, on this earth, in heaven, in hell, in purgatory can tell me anything else different. If well, everything they could, could but I don't think they're talking to you. Huh? So technically they could, but I don't know if that's going to actually work out well because you hear somebody from heaven, hell, or purgatory at me. Yeah. Then we got to worry about your mental state. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. We're not going to get into that. Uh, <laughs> but you you can't tell me that we wouldn't have went to the Super Bowl that year. Now, would we have beat Tennessee? I don't think we would have beat Tennessee. Mm. But if the Rams struggled the way they did in the NFC Championship game, oh, it's love, baby. We in there. Because what was that? That game was 11-5? Uh, to 5? Yeah, but is our defense that stout that time? Cause I mean, not from a because you got to think look at it from a speed standpoint. Yeah. I think Tampa Bay's thing was the speed of their defense was very unique, and the fact that their front four could move and do what they did that made everybody else better. You know, like Dwight Smith, the Super Bowl MVP that year was that the year he was the MVP? No, no, okay, 2000, 2002 was the uh Dex Jackson, okay, but I'm saying that because. If you look at it as a whole, you come into that season, you lose on a on a botched field goal. You didn't lose because you didn't play a good game. You lose on a botched field goal. Right. And, you, yeah, Ross, Tampa Bay was the bad snap game. Yep. That was the bad snap game. And if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, the snapper on that was Ethan Albright, the red snap. No, no, that's Dan Turk. It was Dan Turk? Yeah, because that, that was the Turk on Turk. Because Dan Turk's not the two, Matt Turk. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Rest in peace, Dan Turk. Uh, then we then the red snapper came on. Uh, what a season or two after that. Right. That was that was Dan Turk. You guys are right. I'm thank you for for correcting that. Because I thought that was a, early on Ethan Albright, but no, that was Dan Turk. So you come back in. That team should have been kept together for 2000. And you should have said, okay, with the offense that we put up. In 98, 99, we solidified a defense in 2000, baby. 
We run it. We could we we never can we never could capture the glory from the season before if we did good. It's that's, like that's because it's built from. Yeah, it's it's a step off a cliff. So so like when you're built and you step off and you drop. So so like this team is built without so it's like you you plan for 20 say you say, let's just say 2012 but you don't build beyond for beyond 2012 you don't have a plan for 2013 2014 2015 your plan only comes into play for 2012 so then when you get to 2013 and things don't go the way you want or because you haven't forecasted out this roster which this team has had a terrible time doing terrible time doing we've gone stretch like there like i keep bringing this up and i will always bring this up um there's that stretch from 05 to 09 where the washington redskins had like 12 draft picks over those four drafts and um teams had like 12 draft picks in a single draft but you got them over four you can't build a team that way. You can't. There's no way you can do it, especially when that team was spent when you were spending money the way you were doing it. You gotta have picks, but instead they wasted picks on getting a Jason Taylor, getting a TJ Duckett because you weren't planning beyond the moment. You kept living, we kept living in the moment every time with this team, and that's been the biggest problem. So when you get to 2012, when we're about to do soon, is you start seeing that the the biggest effect is on the defense. The defense doesn't have enough stuff in place to maintain and keep leads, so you're losing games that you should be winning. Agreed. And but you know that mentality. That's uh, that's uh, 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 Allen, George Allen philosophy. The future is today. Right. Uh, Ross says we couldn't handle success. No, we couldn't. We couldn't. We we if if you notice. We was we was that fat frog looking and the snake caught us. <laughs> fat and frogs for snakes. <laughs> there we go, baby. If you notice, I know that's a John Thompson thing, but shout out to my boy Daryl Tucker because he's the one I always heard say it. Big John, I heard him. He say said, that. "No, no, no." He he said he got it from John, but I always tell him I heard you say it. I never heard. I'm, I'm not. You know. Quit. Uh, we went from being a perennial playoff team, right? It, Look at the 80s and early 90s. We were in the playoffs almost every year. So playoffs was like low bar. Right. NFC Championship game was almost – But when the Super Bowl – we were in Super Bowl contention every year yeah. to never making the playoffs in back-to-back seasons. No, we, we were – we were always – if you think about – all right, so take 99 out of the equation. Okay. So you got 05, mm-hmm. 07, mm-hmm. 12. Mm-hmm. And think of how all five, three of those seasons ended. You had to you had to go on a miracle run each of those seasons to get in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. that tells you one thing: you've never established anything as a standard. You've never established anything as what you are. You caught lightning in the bottle. You keep catching lightning in the bottle, and sometimes that lightning can't stay in that bottle. So you have these escalators. You have the ten and six, four thirteen. I mean four and twelve. You get nine and seven. 
then you get four and 12 again or three and 13. That's the problem. It's because you're not constantly building eight. And that also comes from you having poor drives. And or poor no drives at all. Right. That's well, what's killing this team. I remember, and this is something that some I used to hear on radio all the time. I want to say it was Shane that would say it. The Malcolm Kelly drive, we had Fred Davis, Malcolm Kelly, all those guys. They said that that was the best draft that Vinny Serrato ever had. That was the worst. And I, I oh, look so, so when Devin Thomas, I gotta compose myself here. Devin Thomas is on the board. There's a kid in Miami, plays the tackle, 6'7, 313. We haven't drafted a defensive lineman since Kennard Lane early in the draft. Who's on the board at the time? Calais. They like, nah, we don't want Calais. We want Devin Thomas. Okay. I don't know how that goes, but okay. I wasn't really excited about that. Then they come back. And I think was Malcolm second or was that Fred that was next? Hold on. Let me let, let I gotta me. I gotta figure that part out. But it doesn't matter which one it was, but whoever it was on the clock at that time, Calais Campbell was still on the clock. I'm screaming at my TV. People think something is wrong with me because I'm yelling at the top of my lungs, draft Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell is still in league right now. Fred Davis couldn't get his alarm clock right. Devin Thomas, I don't even think he scored his first touchdown until he left and went to the Giants. Yeah. Malcolm Kelly, his knees gave out. His knees, they can't get out of the when they cast him. Exactly. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So hold on. Let me let me let me pull it. I got it right here. You picked Devin Thomas in the in the second round along with it was, Fred three, it was three second round picks. For yeah. some reason, Dum Dum decided to trade out of the first round, which I didn't understand. But go ahead. Devin Thomas. This is the order. Devin Thomas at 34. Fred Davis at 48. They thought he was going to be Vernon Davis. Malcolm Kelly at 51, Chad Reinhardt at 96, Justin oh. Tryon at 124, a punter, Durant Brooks at 168, Kareem Moore at 180, uh, Colt Brennan at 186, Rob Jackson, um, Rob Jackson, Rob Jackson at 242, and Chris Horton and his sesamoid at 249. And out of all of those players, no one lasted more than. Four years? Four years. Rob Jackson. Because he has the infamous interception. In right. He has a, he's the only one with a with a with a legendary play. No, take that back. Because Chris Horton had a ses- had Chris Horton had a sesame. <laughs> Chris Horton had a stretch of games. Right, right. His rookie year. Very well. And then did he get hurt or something? Because yeah. him and um there's that kid. Um, I think maybe they drafted him next year, or he's in that section. It was a fast safety named Bernstein. Jordan Bernstein. I think that was 22. Okay, because Jordan Bernstein was good until the very first play of his first season or something like that, and he tears up his knee, and he just never was the same after that. Like, we got a lot of those stories, too. Yeah. Because somewhere in that mix, you got my boy from Virginia Tech that had the shoulder. The shoulder, the safety kid. That injured his um, arm and, and like he had nerve damage in his arm. Um, damn, damn. 
What, what's his name? Ross, help me out. You know who I'm talking about. Because I think he ended up working for the team afterwards. But he 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 was like their um, glue guy. Like, he played everything. He would play corner. He would play safety. Um, they just kept moving him around. And then he got hit in Dallas. Uh, I forgot who he was trying to tackle. But his the dude's helmet hits his shoulder. And, like, after that, he just couldn't lift his arm up anymore or anything like that. But that oh man, I, I love that kid too. I can't I just his name just because um at the time and place I just can't think of who he is. But looking at that 2008 draft, I look back on it now and Ross say I can see him, but I can't remember his name. I think he was like 34, something like that. And Ross, I like Chris Horton too. I thought Chris Horton could cover, I thought he could hit. Uh he said uh he was doing it. The guy was doing an internship. With right, 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 right. Now you're going to have me looking that up. But that 2008 draft, the only pick that I like out of that draft that I was really good with, I, I thought Rob Jackson was pretty good. Of course, Colt Brennan. I was happy about Colt Brennan. I was like, we can develop him. He could be a quarterback of the future because I like him at Hawaii. But you and I see different see different on that. Um, now, we, we go to 2012. 2012, you draft RG3 at number two. And the thing was, they were going to either draft Griffin or Luck. You get Luck, I'm sorry, you get Griffin at two. You bring in Josh Laribas. You get Kirk Cousins and Keenan Robinson in the fourth round. Adam Geddes in the fifth. Alpha Morris and Tom Compton in the sixth. Richard Crawford and and, uh, Jordan Bernstein in the seventh. Kashawn Jerk. Kashawn Jerk. I knew I was gonna find it because I was in my guy. <laughs> you look, you, you, you and you and you and Ross working together because he said was it Kashawn Jerk? Yes, exactly who it is. Because I'm going through my drafts like I'm just just hitting buttons. I'm sorry. That's what. Whenever you see my head drop, I'm on my phone <laughs> trying to figure out information. Hey, that's what we do around here. We, we try to give you the most accurate stuff that we can give you. Um, but 2012. Then everybody started calling 2012 one of the best drafts Washington has ever had. They did? Yeah. And Ross say same thing he doing. Hey, that that's that's what we do. We 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 fact check. I used to have a stat boy, but stat boys uh stat boys playing the game right now, so uh, we don't we don't acknowledge that boy until he gets on the on the screen. <laughs> that boy was supposed to be breaking down Bryce Young for me, and I still ain't heard nothing from him. Well, well, Stat Boy is currently uh, in thirty seven minutes. He had forty eight points and twenty assists. What's he playing on, rookie? Nah, nah, he don't believe in that. I like that. He 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 work at it just like me. He believes in building his my player up. No VC buying, do it all organically. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. Um, but everybody called that one of the best drafts. And I'm like, it was a good draft. Yeah. How? Because you I, got I hated Laribus. Because I, I didn't know who he was. And he was from SMU. But no, they don't run block. They don't do anything. You know and how I Adam Gettis was like 250. I'm sorry. I'm looking at this. I just I knew I, I thought, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm talking over. I'm you. sorry. I knew Laribas because of Tom Lavero. That's all. 
That's the only reason why I knew the Reavers. But everybody said with the picking of Griffin, Cousins, Kenan Robinson, and Alfred Morris, and then Tom Compton, all these guys, they, they had careers. Right out, right out the Okay, couch. okay, okay, okay. You look at that from that standpoint, then yeah. But um, Richard Crawford and Jordan Bernstein, all these guys contributed off break immediately. Crawford had that punt return, I think, against Dallas. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. So none of the see Crawford, Crawford, Crawford. What school did he go to? Is he a UCLA guy? Uh, Crawford was an SMU guy. No, yeah, S- Rich Crawford's SMU. Okay, all right, that's cool. The the mind doesn't it don't work like it used to. <laughs> now, this season finished ten and six. Hold right. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's gotta be a flawed problem because SMU didn't play well. So how do you go to? All right, <laughs> I'm sorry because I'm dude. You 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 know me. I'm I'm about building and smart building. Like, how do you go to SMU to find talent when they're not even a good program? I like, mean, you don't spend two draft picks on. I mean, I get it. You go to see Larebus and you see see Crawford and you take Crawford late because that he's he he caught your eye. I get that all the time. That happens all the time with scouts, but. Like there's no kid at Alabama or or Georgia or at this time you know, we were picking talent. You know, no, it didn't matter we where it came from. No, you know what we was doing? We was covering our eyes and just throwing a dart at the board. Now I, we had names on a on a wheel and grrr, like that's how this team. I mean, it. This is when I talk about having a type. When you yeah. have to have a type. Like these, these, this draft right here is the perfect example of not having a type. Well, you had a type, but it was the wrong type. You like undersized guards for some reason. In a league where your defensive tackles weigh three hundred pounds, but you want to get light and ass guards, like it doesn't make sense. And I get because you're running the zone stretch, you're trying to get out to the edge, but you got nothing out of Gettis. No, and Rebus, he went somewhere else, put on weight and. Kind of had a career, like because he played. I think they played him at center the rest of the time he was in the league. So he kind of he ends up at like eight or ten years. He gets a pension, but he doesn't do anything for you because you didn't put him in the right place. Sorry. Well, he played fifty games in his career. Started fifteen. He was in New Orleans for a stretch. Yeah, from twenty seventeen to eighteen. Mm-hmm. But. Everybody hyped up that draft, and I look back on it now. I was like, "Eh, we didn't get nothing out of it." And you got ten and six that year. You got cousins out of it, but I mean, you, cousins comes at the failure of Robert. Yes, and they wanted to pick Russell Wilson, right? So, and I was like, "Everybody's like, man, we should pick Russell Wilson. Why? So you can you can jerk him around too, and he leave out of town too? Like, come on now, be be real." Um. The following year, 2013, we go three and thirteen. So you follow up ten and six NFC Championship, NFC East Division Championship. Let me differentiate there. You lose in the playoffs, which a game you shouldn't lose. At the end of that game, Richard Sherman wanted to talk shit and Sherman punched him in the mouth. Punched him in the mouth. And I was like, Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. And you know, let me say something. So 13 is a is a is a abysmal mess. Yeah. Because you you're all in for week one, you get hurt in week two, 
you play combination of Cousins and McCoy. Then you force Robert back in in Minnesota after McCoy wins in Seattle, I want to say. or that, No, he wins in Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. Which doesn't make sense. He has the, one of the biggest wins of that season. And then you bench him because Robert's in his feelings and he wants to play. And this is where Dan Snyder medals again. Because this is not a, the coach, the coach's decision. This is a Dan decision. You know how bad this is. How bad this this twenty five years has been. We're at fifty six minutes, and we're only at twenty twelve. And we skipped over some years. Right. <laughs> this, is, this is terrible. Let, let me say this about twenty twelve. Hold was- on, hold on. I gotta bring this up now because I don't know if we're gonna end the show before I can get this stat out. But they ranked, so they showed the records of teams. The last 10 years. Do you know where the commanders ended up on that list? So uh, say they did AFC and they only did NFC. So you you have what is it, 16 teams in each division? Yeah. conference. So out of 16 teams, just give me a ballpark where you think they may have landed. Number 16. Okay, that's a little, little depressing. I think they were 14 or 15, if I remember correctly. They were they were in the bottom two, so they were fifteen. That's what they were. Yeah, Chicago had a better ten year record than us, but I digress. Detroit had a better ten year record than us. Yes. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead back. Um, we fifty seven. Are we gonna make it to the to the present? <laughs> we gonna we might have to skip over some things. All but, right. Uh, Ross say fourteen. Okay, that's what it was. All right. Let me say this about twenty twelve. We had so much hate, and I think we built up a, a, a animosity towards Seattle. And I've seen quite a few Washington Redskins fans go on to become Seattle Seahawks fans after they hated them so much. And I, I, I said, you know, I can't be friends with you because you're a traitor. I, I can't. And I, I stopped being friends with people because of that, because of their affiliation, because they wanted to be, oh, Legion of Boom, Legion of Boom. I, I don't want to hear that. Don't, don't speak to me because you show me what you do. You show, you'll go hang out with the enemy because things ain't good over here. I ain't got nothing to say to you. So moving on to 2013, you come to that draft draft class, which was a pretty mediocre draft class. No first round selection. Of course, because you gave it up for um, Robert. Uh, uh, David Amerson at, in the second round, Jordan Reed in the third, Philip Thomas in the fourth, Chris Thompson and Brandon Jenkins in the fifth, Bakari Rambo in the sixth, and Jawan Jamison in the seventh. Uh, you finished three and thirteen that year. Uh, Morocco Brown still in the building, <laughs> but you couldn't put anything together. You lose. Uh, I'm sorry. You signed EJ Biggers, Nick Barnett, Daryl Tap, and Jose Gums. Go ahead. Go 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 ahead. EJ Biggers. I've never seen a man. Get burnt. I mean, it was like Burger King over there. He was just like, you can burn him any way you want. You can have it your way. He, he got burnt on bombs. He got burnt on screens. He got burnt on comebacks. I mean, Jesus. Like, when he played, I just want to know who he had pictures of. Because he's, sh- like, at a certain point, we, we got to stop this abuse. Like, just because he hits you doesn't mean he loves you. <laughs> hold the ladies, special orders. Don't upset us. Like it was just, I called it Hot Thirty One. 
Yeah. You want to use this term a lot because hot 31 is whoever 31 garden, that's where we're going at. Wait till we get to the Josh Wilson years. Hot 26. Shit. Uh, then you go to 14. Uh-oh. 14 is another terrible year because that's the first year, Jay. And that's when we have all the issues. That was 4-12. and 12. Yeah. Uh, drafted. That's, that's, that's actually yeah, the Jaguar game. He gets hurt. And then Minnesota, that's all that happens in that year. And then everybody's like, oh, man, look how we beat Jacksonville. I was like, young, it's Jacksonville. But Shit. but I'm sorry, go back to 13. 13 is a year that they, they made me almost question my fandom because the Kansas City game, when they got shellacked, and at the end of the, the 13th season, that was the year they were getting rid of Mike. Every game from, like, week 10 on, Sunday morning started with a story about the Commanders or the Redskins at that time. So we had more excitement off the field than we did on the field. All right, let's go to 2014. We already sucked. Boom, 2015, the year J. 4-12 uh, finish. You drafted Trent Murphy in the second, Morgan Moses and Spencer Long in the third, Rashad Breland in the fourth, Ryan Grant in the fifth, Lake Seastrunk in the sixth, Todd Bowser and Zach oh. in the seventh. Lake Seastrunk. Lake Seastrunk. And I remember they were bringing him up. And Kevin Shane and Tom. Oh, oh, I can tell you, hold on. University of Baylor. That was, oh, my God. Because mm. he just didn't do. Yes, he was the snow. It was snowing during that game, Ross. That was the game that they shot. That CB, it was on CBS. And when they went to commercial, the stadium was full. When they came back, it was empty. Yeah. It was like the second quarter. It was disgusting. Disgusting. Um, Lake Seastrunk. I just knew. I, I, I had so many dreams for him, man, because I thought in – even in Jay's offense, I just knew he could get off. But the dude just either didn't work or just didn't want it or whatever. Go ahead. Keep going. 2015, Scott McLuhan's here. You go 9-7, and seven, win the NFC East, lose to the Packers, 38, I mean 35-18. That was the, you going to pay me now, Gay? You going to pay me now? Oh, yeah, I'm going to pay you. You going to pay me now? I'm going to pay you. They wouldn't let Scott pay him. You draft Brandon Sheriff in the first, Preston Smith in the second, Matt Jones in the third, Jameson How do you Carter. Play the three, four? I'm sorry. How do you play the three four and draft the big bulky guy to be your edge guy? I never understood that about this team. You drafted Trent Murphy, who can't move, but he's your edge. You got Preston. Preston's semi-athletic. And Preston, when Preston wants to play, he I call him bunches. That's what I call him. He's he's bunches. And if you know what that means, you already know what he what happens. He'll get three sacks in one game, and you won't see him for four weeks. And Trent Murphy was supposed to be the other book in the compliment to replace a Rackpo and compliment uh Kerrigan because they were like they who were, has two. I'm sorry. Who has two of the same player? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Ross, I apologize for this now. What I'm about to say. Who has two white guys playing age? Like, what are we doing? Did you just by the midnight rider? Do not reflect the view. Right, no, no, because no, they're because they're 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 the same. You said it exactly. I used because they're big. I'm trying not to like these. They're not they're not flexible athletes, so they don't have they have straight ahead speed. They don't have any. They don't have move. Right, right. They, they, they don't have. Right, but they don't have anything else. As Kim Olajuwon say, no lateral movement. They don't have no lateral movement. So it, it didn't make sense to have both of them 
on on the same on the same squad. So I apologize for that. That's, that's just how I felt. Arakpo didn't have any moves. He just had the bull rush. That was it. Yeah, but Arakpo's problem. Yeah. All right. So now he's making cupcakes. So it's all good. Uh, Matt Jones, Jamison Crowder, Ari Kwanjo in uh, the fourth round. Montreal Spate in the fifth. Keyshawn Jarrett, Tevin Mitchell, Evan Spence in the sixth. Austin Raider in the seventh. He uh, actually plays on like he's that's the center kid, right? Yeah, yeah. He actually played in like Kansas City. I think he got a ring. Uh, I think him and Breland got a ring in Kansas City. And here's a here's a terrible part about this. Joe Barry was the defensive coordinator. Um, Joe Barry was a terrible defensive coordinator. Here. I called. No, he wasn't. 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 He wasn't terrible. When he when you give when you give a guy, you got Kerrigan on one side. You got Trent. Whatever, Trent Murphy. Yeah. Defensive line. Here's my saying. When your best defensive lineman come from Hampton, you got a problem. <laughs> when your best D lineman come from Hampton, we got a problem. Thanks, Ross. I appreciate you understanding what I was going through there. <laughs> I was literally thinking the same thing as what Ross said for those in podcast land. Um, all right, let's run through this. 2016. And uh, the source of all this all this information is coming from the great Wikipedia. I love this website. I even have it on my uh, phone. Uh, 2016. 8-7-1. All right, so that means that's the Cincinnati year when Jordan Reed goes crazy, separates his shoulder on Thanksgiving maybe against the Cowboys? I think so. He catches that crazy ball on the sideline, one hand stretched out. Um, then he catches another pass in the end zone. Um, I can't remember if we win that game or not. I want to say we did, but they have the stupid kick missed in in Paris, I mean wherever they are, Germany, England, wherever, um, against Cincinnati, and that causes a tie, and yep. that's what ultimately does in there. It's amazing how many ties we have that kill our playoff um, yep. hope. But yeah, every time we have a and tie, then, and then that also is the year we end the season with the infamous New York Giants game. But the Giants didn't have anything to play for, and somehow we still managed to lose to him. All right, now back to you, Tim. Uh, you picked Josh Dotson in the first round, <clears throat> in the second, Kendall Fuller in the third, Matt Ioannidis in the fifth, mm-hmm. Nate Studfeld in the sixth, Stephen Daniels in the seventh, as well as Keith Marshall. Out of all of these players, Kendall Fuller and Matt Ioannidis are the only ones that produce. Yep. You know I'm an Ionitis guy. I'm an mm-hmm. Ionitis guy through and through. When he mm-hmm. left out of here, I was so pissed. I was like, how do you let Matt go? He's a part of the rotation that's going to make these young guys better. Yeah, and then they replaced him with Ridgeway, and now you can't really say that. But what Matt I Ionitis did. Like Con Parts. Like Con Parts. What Matt Ionitis did, and he, did, he used to do this against Dallas all the time. He would wait, then he would push the pocket, and – that dumbass would always step up into it. And he would always knock the ball down, tackle him, and it would roll into the end zone. We would score. He would always do that against teams. He would wait and then go. And then when, when the pocket started collapsing, that's when he collapsed. I loved his, his football IQ. I loved the way he played. But that's just my opinion about Matt Ioannidis. 8-7-1 uh, that year. 2017, uh, we come into this. Uh, you finish 7-9. The draft looks like this. This probably was 
again, one of your better drafts under uh, Daniel Snyder, Jonathan Allen, first pick, Ryan Anderson, second pick, Fabian Moreau. Third oh, 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 right there. You just already said the worst. So you got another guy to play the edge with no. Uh, he never. He, he he never really played. He played, but he didn't play. He okay. I I just I, that that the second round is terrible in, in in this stretch. But go ahead. So you got Ryan Anderson, who's that? Uh, Fabian Moreau in the third, Samaji P. Ryan and Monte Nicholson in the fourth, Jeremy Sprinkle in the Monte fifth. Along with uh, Chase Rouye, uh Robert Davis in the sixth, Josh Harvey Clemens, and Joshua Housley in the seventh. Josh uh, Harvey Clemens went to Louisville. Yeah. Out of everybody in here, I think you got – of course you're getting production out of Jonathan Allen. Fabian Moreau gave you some time. He's in Atlanta or the New York now? No, New York. Fa- uh, Fabian Moreau? Yeah, 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 New York. Uh, Jeremy Sprinkle never panned out at tight end. Another guy couldn't catch. Uh, Chase Rouye just retired. I felt bad for him because he was he 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 was somebody they actually developed. And yeah. he should have been here. Yeah. Uh Monte Nicholson. Oh, dog. All I gotta tell you is from the season he was drafted to the season he left, all you gotta do is watch the NFL top one hundred. And anytime somebody scores a touchdown besides DJ Swearinger, you'll see him. It's one of the two. You'll see that 30. Oh, my gosh. Saquon Barkley put him in the mix. All right, go ahead. All right, so we go to 2018. Uh-huh. And we, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do this rapid fire. Seven and nine, no playoffs. Again, Deron mm-hmm. Payne, first round. Darius Guy, second round. Jerron Christian, third round. Troy Apke, fourth round. Mm-hmm. Tim Settle, fifth round. Sean mm-hmm. Deion Hamilton, sixth round. Greg Stroman mm-hmm. and Trey Quinn, seventh round. Trey Quinn was Mr. Irrelevant that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of all of these guys... And he stays relevant. Payne, Apke, Settle. Settle's still in the league. He's in Buffalo. Right. Uh, I think those are the only guys that are uh, – Payne and Apke are the only ones that's left on this team. And Apke's moved over to uh, cornerback. I don't know why he on this – he got pictures. Speed. He got pictures. The thing is – and Maybe maybe he's great on special teams. That's got to be it. Yeah. All right. But Professor Lucky always he said I don't think I don't think we should have drafted Troy Apke. I'm like the dude has a four three speed and he can cover sideline to sideline. Cover what sideline to sideline? Well, he can move sideline to sideline, but that's his speed. I said he's a tackling thing. If he was if he was a blanket, he couldn't cover a bed. (laughs) What are you laughing at? Shut up. (laughs) And Quinn was in the the XFL. That was another speedster guy. He was supposed to be our slot guy. He, and notice I'm saying Again, you know what school he went to? SMU. Yeah, SMU. I don't know why we like SMU. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Cool. Was in, the, in the XFL last year. Go uh ahead. we're gonna go to 2019. Yep. Uh 2019. Uh what did we finish that year? We finished uh three and thirteen. Of course, we picked the late great Dwayne Haskins number uh first round. We moved back into the first round, picked Montez Sweat. You select uh, Scary Terry in the third round, Bryce Love and Wes Martin in the fourth, Rosh Pishbacher and Cole Holcomb in the fifth, Kelvin Harmon in the sixth, Jimmy Moreland in the seventh, as well as Jordan Brailford. This was another draft that was praised on air, on 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 talk radio in D.C. because 
of the assets that you got later in the draft with Kelvin Harmon, Cole Holcomb, and Jimmy Morley. And out of all of these guys, of course, we know Scary Terry and Sweat. Uh, Haskins contributed small amount, not much. Uh, Cole Holcomb shouldn't have never been allowed to get out of daggone Dodge and go to Pittsburgh. He's going to be a monster up there. No, he's not. He's going to be Cole Holcomb. And you can replace Cole Holcomb with the dude they replace him with. Kelvin Harmon's back with the team. He was on the practice squad last wow. year. Not sure where the people's corner Jimmy Mullen is. And wow. Jordan. Huh? What's he doing? Is he getting water? Is he a coach's intern? Who, Kelvin Harmon? Yeah. What is he back for? He was on the practice squad last year. Why? Because they brought him back for depth. And, but he never okay. came to well, as well. Well, maybe he gets good. Maybe he picks out the best donuts, and that's why he's still on the team. I don't know. I no. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Move, move, moving right along, we go I'm to sorry. we go to 2012. I'm sorry, 2012, 2020. Uh, Ron Rivera's first season. Excuse me, 79. Win the NFC East. Lose to the Buccaneers in the playoffs. Uh. Another draft that was praised. You know what? I got to ask you this question. Yes. So if they do things the right way the year before and they draft Brian Burns instead of Haskins, um, and maybe they don't come out of that draft with a quarterback, in 2020 when you're still probably finishing where you finished before, do you draft the quarterback or do you still draft Chase Young at two? Like if there's no Haskins, do you draft the quarterback? That's yes. pretty much the question. Okay, yes. thanks. Yes. Thanks. Okay. Uh, you pick Chase Young at two. This is, a, like I said, this is another draft that was praised. Uh, first round, Chase Young. Third round, Antonio Gibson. Fourth round, uh, Sadiq Charles, Antonio Gandy, Goldson. Golden, I'm sorry. Uh, fifth round, Keith, Keith Ishmael and Khalid Hudson. Seventh round, Cam Curl and James Smith Williams. Uh, out of all of these guys, Antonio Gandy Golden, I think, is the only one not on this team because he has retired. He was right. moved to tight end, then he retired. Everybody else is still with the team. No, nah, I think Ishmael's gone. I thought Ishmael was still with us. Oh, oh no, he went to the 49ers. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, I think I think Ishmael's gone. Um, I think Cam Curl is the jewel of this that draft. I yes. think I take him over Payne or whatever else they had. I mean, I'm sorry, over Chase. He's the jewel because you got somebody in the seventh round that actually is going to be an impact starter for you. Now we go to 2021. Uh, seven and ten that year, third in the NFC East. Looking at the draft, you pick Jamin Davis in the first round. Sam Cosme in the second. <laughs> ben St. Juice and Dayami Brown in the, in the third. John Bates in the fourth. Derek Forrest in the fifth. Cameron Cheeseman. Who took over for uh, 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 Nick Sunberg as at Long Snap? And I, that's crazy because I, I was I didn't like that. But uh, we because you haven't had a peep out of your um, Long Snapper. He hasn't made a mistake or anything, and it was just time because I think Nick yeah, Snip was getting a problem. Yeah, he was getting yeah. older. Uh, Cameron Cheeseman in the six, William Bradley King. I, if you can't tell, I don't like change. I don't like. Change. I understand that. I understand that. Um, but if you, if you ever listen to Sam Cook, he said change is going to come. Yeah, I hear that, but I, I still don't like it. But um, oh, sure. 
Seventh round, William Bradley King, Shaka Tony, and you saying you don't like Sam Cook? No, I love Sam Cook. Okay, I'm messing with you. Go ahead. Uh, but that was your your draft class, and these guys, of course, Cheeseman. He's always on my 53-man roster every year. Uh, Davis and Cosme. Cosme's been moving around. I think they're going to wind up moving him to guard. I said that when he was drafted. I said they're going to wind yeah, up. He's, yeah, he's he's the starting right guard. So, yeah. Uh, Dayami Brown has had some catches. John Bates. Yeah, John he's Bates. Adding about. He's, he's a solid center. He's I mean, not center. He's a solid tight end. He's not going to knock anybody's socks off. He, you're never going to mistake him from Tony Gonzalez. <laughs> but you're never going to mistake him from Ron Middleton either. So, yeah. Okay, so he's Ethan Horton. All right, got you. I can live with that. I like okay. that reference, the Raiders. Okay. Uh, all right, we go to 2022. Uh, finish 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. Uh, You picked Jahan Dotson in the first round. Great pick. Yes. Didn't like it draft day, like it now better. Yes. Fidarian Mathis in the second. Brian Robinson Jr. in the third. Percy Butler in the fourth. Sam Howell, Cole Turner in the fifth. Chris Paul and Christian Holmes in the seventh. Actually, that draft has a has potential. Yes, All it does. Going to be contributors for the next four or five years or however long they're here. And I think the thing that people aren't going to understand is that Brian Robinson, A, with a year experience, but B, hopefully without having an incident before the season starts, is going to be able to start fresh and like actually give you – he's going to be able to grow better this season than he did last year. And he won't have the physical um, impediments and all that stuff. <laughs> Ross has brought a name from the past. Maybe Zeron Flimster. Not that bad, dog. He's not that bad. Oh, come on. Don't do this to me now. Give me that. All right. Come on. So well, we're at 2023. We're in present day. All right. So let's let's talk about – let's do real quick. I know we're at 118, so we probably want to stop at 130 Um, just because we're starting a new day. So let's get to the new day. Um, I personally – think that today for me is like um so yesterday last night was that moment when group put his arms around everybody and the explosion happened and he basically kind of died in a sense but he didn't die because group is still around and then this morning or today at five o'clock when we put, when we looked up and we put on the thing, there was a potted plant with a baby group. This is we're starting baby group right now. So we've got this this new um, experience, almost like when the phoenix starts building itself back up to become a phoenix again. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I ain't saying nothing. I'm listening to you. No, no, I mean, I think that's where we are right now. I think at this point right now, that's a better example, Terry Orr. Um, but at this point, we're at that infancy stage of becoming something better than what we were before. And and I think we're in a we're in a tricky position because if Ron does well, then I think 
it's a gift and a curse. Because I think if Ron does well, then um, Josh has to kind of stick to this format that we have in place. But if it goes bad, then he can turn us into a regular football team where we have a president of player personnel who is separate from the head coach and is not the same person. And we won't have to pay the coach tax. Gotcha. Uh, I see a lot going on with this uh, with this sale. I think we're going to be all right. Let's just say that. I think we're going to be all right. I think you did. did you hear uh, the news? Did you hear the news? What's the news? So when Josh, so Josh bought the team or it became official, like let's say five, five fifteen. So about five thirty, five forty, he calls in to Grant and Danny, does an interview with them. At the end of the interview, he's like, Oh, you guys are at what? You got things going on at um old ox. And you have something going on at the board. Everybody gets around the beer on me. I did hear that. I did hear that. I did. Like that is already like this is a guy that understands that sometimes you got to give something for nothing. Now I'm not gonna say the parking is gonna change the prices. I'm not saying the concession prices once they change, but I think this guy gets that we're in a new day. You have to do things to make people want to come back because you're going to have it. It's going to fall in your lap. And Ross, Ross, did you watch quarterback? If you did, let me know, because that's a conversation piece. And maybe we do that um, Sunday. But I got some concerns off of quarterback. Um, um, you think everybody else has already started talking about those concerns. Um, go ahead. Uh, every, for everybody in podcast land, Ross says, uh, what happens if Ron does well because of Eric's offense? I think I, he stays. Yeah, I think you kind of you kind of take it in stride and you just say, all right, let's run. Hey, let's ride because we're going to do it again. And then thing becomes, if Eric gets a job, he's getting it somewhere else because I think Ron is entrenched as the, the coach here. I think if I'm Josh Harris, I have a conversation with him. And I'm like, look, I know you came here to do this, but I don't believe in that structure. Um, going into next year, you can stay, you can go. It's up to you. But I got to take some power back and put power into a player personnel guy. And I, I, don't, I don't think Ron will have a problem with that. I know you got the Martys. I don't want the Martys. They don't, you don't fit. Want Marty, you don't want Martin Mayhew? No, because they don't fit his style. He's, okay. an analytics guy. He's an analytics guy. He's going to want a young, smart mind looking at this from a different perspective, um, even though he has Daryl Morey, but Morey's an analytics guy first. So he's kind of an old dude, but he still has that younger thinking of measuring things analytically. So I think that's why he, he matched for Harris in Philly. Um, but I think there's going to have to be a change. And I think you're going to start seeing some guys being brought in um, – See, see, Ross is still in my thunder. Yeah, that's it. But um, I think this is going to be interesting how this plays out because I think uh, Josh needs to get his hands on this and get his hands dirty. I think we need to start bringing in people. So you want to start seeing guys coming here 22, 
with like MIT backgrounds and things of that nature. You're going to see trainers coming in here with different things. And I think he's going to figure out a way to upgrade both the stadium and the park to fit this new age or whatever. And maybe he has to build on an extension to the park because there's no need in building a new Redskins park when you want to move Redskins park in seven to eight years once you figure out where your stadium is going to be. We'll save that for Thursday because you talking about moving Redskins Park. We've already moved it once. Why we got to do it again? Because you have to make like like part of the, the, the trouble with this team and free agents is you have to commute two hours to get home from the stadium. And I don't think everybody else has to do that. Like Baltimore, they play in Owens Mills. They play downtown Baltimore. I mean, depending on where they live, that might be a ride, but that's not going from you really think that the baltimore players live in baltimore no i think they live in owens mills i don't even think they live in owens mills. have you ever been to owens mills my son was born in owens mills he lived in owens mills now well hold on hold on now the, owens mills is nice the old colts training camp and stuff like that was in owens mills but now their training camp now i mean they're, they're uh, facility. They're actually, not Owens Mills, they're Westminster or whatever. Yeah, it is. it's in West, it's tucked back, it's tucked yeah. back behind some things. But Owens Mills and Westminster, they right next door to each other, same damn thing. But yeah, it's not the it's not the, the greatest place to live, but it's it's just everything's so tight, you know. But, you hop in, all right, so, so here's the thing that I want you to think about. So, do you really think so? Say they come, to, this is one of my arguments, so they come to DC. Players start living maybe around the city. Are like are, are the DC schools good enough for these players to want to have their kids there to to learn, or are they gonna move somewhere else? No, so this is why I brought up like the Bowie type of situation, the Upper Marlboro situation, and maybe that might not be good enough. Nobody, nobody lived in DC. I understand that. You, but, you but the, the problem is, all right, you're you're training at Ashburn, so most of these guys live around Ashburn, KG. I know, and then and then they they catch a bus or whatever, and then their family brings them back home after the game, and you're in the car for two 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 and a half hours after a game. Well, I know leaving FedEx, the players don't have to wait; they block off traffic so the players can leave. They still get in traffic after they get out of the thing. The way Kirk they- used to talk talk about that um, in one of his interviews. He stop off in Georgetown, get something to eat, and then go home. But you know what? That's a whole argument for a different thing. Yeah, because we're on different sides of the fence. Right, right, right. as always. <laughs> I don't know why you like disagreeing with me when I'm always right. Because you're not right. Uh, always right. I still think Eric may end up being a new coach of Ron being kicked upstairs. I, I just don't see that. I It would be. I don't see. I don't see. I don't see Ron as a personnel guy. I want a personnel guy. I want my dude to just. Just finishing having to put um, what's that joint? The the pimple or the acne um, medicine? I need him to be fresh off of that. You know what I'm saying? A few years off of uh, yeah. I, I want this dude to be like 35, 36. You know what I'm saying? MIT, um, Harvard, something like that. We in the analytics. We're, we're forward thinking. That's what I want. I don't want a 48 year old man or a 55 year old man. Running my front office. I don't need that. I need fresh ideas. 
fresh ideas and no discipline. But uh, okay, that's what that's why he's the head coach because he gives you discipline as a head coach. My GM, if my GM is in control of discipline, then we got a coaching problem. Agreed. Well, we've come to the end of our show. And Dan Snyder's gone. Dan Snyder's gone. It's a new day. Yes, it is. And tomorrow is day one of the Josh Harris slash Magic Johnson and group regime. It's day one of us being a Phoenix. And the crazy part about it, he's already bought around the biz for everybody that was out there. That's right. So we we are good to go. We are in love with it. Uh, uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> Ross says thank you, baby Jesus. And I don't think Ron is either, but I think they may find a position for him. Maybe not talent evaluation. Eh, I can see it. And that baby Jesus he's referring to is eight pounds seven ounce baby Jesus swaddled up in the manger in a blanket. Jesus was a man. He had a beard. <laughs> well, we come to the end of the show. I, I I didn't go into the whole thing. I didn't tell Chip I was going to beat his ass. <laughs> <laughs> See, man, you getting me in trouble. Man. I didn't do nothing. We come to the end. So, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So we do know the this thing, right? When we talk about Jesus, it's like, um, what is that? Um, first or last, Tyler Digger Nice. Tyler Digger Nice, Battle to Ricky Bobby. Right. You know, he's like, you know, 36-year-old Jesus. You know, Jesus, I mean, you know, he says, dear baby Jesus. Yeah. And he's like, the dad's like, you know, Jesus was a man. So I make it a point every time I talk about Jesus, I pick a certain point. So I'll say, dear teenage Jesus, flipping over chairs in the in the church. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not getting. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. See, I feel like I, I'm getting the evil eye just through the evil eye being tossed at you. So I'm gonna stop. Oh, okay. It's okay. Dear twenty year old Jesus, handing out five thousand two hundred and sixty. Man, we appreciate you being here, Rose. Man, I, we gotta go. Oh Lord. We got to go. Um, thank you all for joining us. Uh, it's a new day. Once again, on this special of days, I have to say once again, happy birthday to my baby girl, 11 years old today. Uh, former Raw Women's Champion, current SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh, she's doing a damn thing in life, you know. So this this day is just beautiful all the way around the board so here's to here's to all right oh we going here here's oh, to daniel snyder not being the owner of the washington commanders anymore and a prosperous new regime of josh harris magic johnson and company cheers salute i'll take that so you gonna do the thing? Oh yeah, of course. And uh, Akasha, Mister Ross says happy birthday. Why? Thank you. <laughs> uh, for the midnight ride, 
I'm the big guy, KG. Y'all know our motto, baby. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here.